JC has a fine program, and he really has become a very good radio man. Now, therefore, I, Francis Chislay, do hereby proclaim Here May 15th as JC Corcoran Day in the city of St. Louis. May I now present a cultured, sophisticated man about town. Get off it. No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over again. Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. You are at JC on the line. Dot com. Here's a perfect illustration of why I don't gamble. Because so many things can get in the way of you placing your bet and then something happens and then something goes wrong. And it's not like you're playing the game and you have any control over it. I would have been wrong on everything yesterday. I would have been, you know, been following baseball my whole life and certainly all year. I'm probably a better baseball fan now than I was 10 years ago. And, and you're watching the games and you're like, well... Philadelphia should beat Miami. I would have gotten that one right. Four to one the final, so I would have got. But look at Milwaukee loses to Arizona. Wouldn't have called that. The Twins beat Toronto. I know a lot of people think Minnesota is one of the best teams in baseball. I still think Toronto is better. They lost. Texas over Tampa, 4 nothing. I wouldn't have picked that either. So I would have been wrong on three of the four games 
yesterday. So today, same exact schedule as yesterday in terms of the scheduling. The Blues at Dallas tomorrow night. Vancouver hosting City SC tonight, 9.30. I love this story. Maybe this means something different at your house. But in the NFL, the tush push is a play. It's like a quarterback sneak, short yardage situation, and quarterback starts to sneak with the ball, and the players behind them, the running backs, do what is supposed to be illegal, and that is sort of push them through from behind. So the Giants pulled this play in the first quarter on Monday night. Two players got injured on the tush push. Coach, I heard my tush. I got to come out of the game. Yeah, my tush is hurt. Wow. Chiefs, by the way, five-point favorites at Minnesota Sunday. That's the late game, 3.30 on Sunday. Got one of those London games Sunday, Jacksonville at Buffalo, 8.30 in the morning. Uh, You will not be able to watch that, though. You'll be busy listening to J.C.'s Roots of Rock Sunday show on KWolf 101.5 and 101.7 and streaming at kwolf.com. Right Let me mop up on sports here. Michael Jordan's got $3 billion. He's now on the list of the 400 richest Americans. Elon Musk, by the way, $251 billion, so it's not close. Jeff Bezos on the list, Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, the Walton family, the Koch family. If you go further down the list, though, you get Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys, Robert Kraft, New England, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Vince McMahon. If you like Jason Isbell, he's throwing out the first pitch Monday at the playoff game in Atlanta. The big change is coming. We warned you yesterday, you're going to get an 86 in St. Louis today, and then that's it. 72 tomorrow because rain is moving in. You can actually see it coming right up 44 right now as we look here at 11 o'clock in the morning, coming right up by 44. So it'll be raining later on today. And then they're talking about maybe some heavy storms Overnight into tomorrow morning, probably will be raining for rush hour tomorrow, 72 for the high, and then on Friday, 68, Saturday, 64, Sunday, 68. For all of those people, and that's how I refer to them, by the way, those people who like fall. Look, the colors are pretty, I'll give you that. Playoff baseball is cool, I'll give you that. Hockey comes back, i give you that. Football already started, i give you that. Pumpkin spice latte. I don't drink that crap. But for all the people who like the colder weather, eh, I, I, I want to see you smiling on Sunday morning when you get up and it's 43 fucking degrees. I want to see that smile on your face. Send it to me because I ain't buying it. And again, I mentioned this, I believe it was yesterday. Just want to say it one more time because it does bear repeating. If you haven't had your furnace checked out in recent years, do it because it's going to click on in the middle of the night probably, you know, Friday night into Saturday, and then definitely Saturday into Sunday. And it just seems like we always lose one or two families every year. And it's so unnecessary. You get that carbon monoxide stuff, and there's always at least one family, and the, you know, the entire family dies. It's not necessary. So just, you know, have that have the presence of mind to have your furnace checked if it hasn't been checked in a while. Make sure you, a lot of people moved. You know, maybe you got a fireplace you've never used before. Make sure you know what you're doing before you do it. Just a little, you know, friendly advice here. One twenty this afternoon, St. Louis time. The government of these here United States of America wants to send you a text. And they're going to do it whether you want it or not. It is allegedly the federal government coming along and saying, look, 
we would like to be able to know that if there was some sort of reason that we had to get in touch with all of you at the same time, the technology exists now to do it, and so this is a test. Now, going all the way back to the 1950s during the Cold War, you had that, you know, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. You know, that whole thing. Now it's basically the same thing, but now they run a chirping noise, and then they come back and they go, relax, relax, nothing happened, it's only a test. Yeah, but like I said, you know, going back to the 1950s, I mean, we've been doing this since the 1950s, running these tests once a month on television and radio stations. You know what happened on 9-11? Nothing. Somebody in the government, the guy who was in charge of pushing that button on 9-11 said, no, I don't think so. So take it for what it's worth. Oh, incidentally, there are conspiracy theorists who are not buying into this. They believe that the alert is going to activate nanoparticles in our blood. I will give the conspiracy theorists points for creativity, originality, and a real fertile imagination. The alert is going to activate nanoparticles in our blood. The way I've been feeling lately, I I think I could use that. Give me a little boost of energy, go out and paint the fucking house. And this goes back to the idea back to the idea of the vaccines when people were saying no they're they're implanting bill gates microchips in your blood i always ask some what i think are very practical questions now part of it is me trying to be a wise guy but part of it is serious and if you think about it for just a second you understand what i'm getting at here all right so let's just say for the sake of discussion that's exactly what's going on bill gates this is some sort of thing he's trying to implant microchips in all of us so that at some point he can take over the world not like he's already taken it over already so it's like okay get out the syringe so here's where my questions come in are the microchips in the syringe if they are how did they get there and second how do they come out of that tiny tiny little needle i don't think you can make any sort of microchip that is small enough to pass through a syringe, come out the needle and go into your blood, I mean, you realize how tiny that would have to be. It would have to be smaller than a grain of sand. Okay, so maybe that's not it. You can't do that. Maybe the uh, microchips are actually in the little vial that the nurse, you know, stick the needle into and draw out the vaccine. Proper amount, stick it in your arm. And now, ah, see, it drew the microchip in from the vial. Well, that would have to mean that the vial was filled with tiny little microchips. And how do you know you're not getting 10 microchips? How do you know you're getting one? How do you know you're getting one at all? Nobody's been able to answer these, <laughs> these questions for me. So at 1.20 this afternoon, trust me, I'll be taking a nap. Put the phone on silent. All the late night television talk shows are back, much to my happiness and celebration. I was going to play this yesterday and I forgot. You know, when these guys do their monologues, you're usually looking back at just one day or maybe the weekend on a Monday. But now they're coming back after five months. How did Seth Meyers handle it? Usually, when we start a closer look, we tell you at the top which news stories we're about to cover. Obviously, we have a bit more than usual to catch up on today. So just bear with me while I try to get through this. 
Donald Trump appeared in the Manhattan courthouse today for a fraud trial after a judge ruled that he and his family had lied about their business assets for years. House Republicans descended to chaos and finger-pointing after nearly shutting down the government while simultaneously embarrassing themselves with a sham impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden that even their own witnesses admitted did not have any evidence. Florida Congressman Matt Gates announced that he'll try to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Trump is preparing for another hearing over a proposed gag order to stop him from making threats in the run-up to a criminal trial attempt as coup. Trial dates have been set in three of Trump's criminal cases for stealing classified documents, trying to overturn the election, and paying hush money to a porn star. Trump was caught on tape admitting they had secret military documents that were not declassified, kept box of classified documents in his bathroom. He was found liable for sexual abuse in a civil trial, called the former chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff to be executed, reneged on a promise to pay his ex-lawyer Rudy Giuliani, who was also indicted by a grand jury in Atlanta for election interference, and is being sued by his ex-lawyer for failure to pay, as well as by Hunter Biden for tampering with his laptop. Trump was overheard saying the words hang on January 6th as a riotous mob tried to hang his vice president. Rudy was drunk during the insurrection. Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows burned so many documents in his fireplace that his suit smelled like a Boy Scout jamboree. Ted Cruz said Barbie is indoctrinating children with Chinese propaganda. The Atlanta grand jury recommended an indictment of Lindsey Graham, among many other Trump allies. Trump's former doctor turned congressman Ronnie Jackson got detained at a rodeo. <laughs> Trump said windmills are killing whales and the dampening forest fires with water would stop fires. Chris Christie called him Donald Trump. Marjorie Taylor Greene showed off a giant poster board with Hunter Biden nudes in Congress and confused Yom Kippur with Hanukkah. Congressman George Santos and Senator Bob Menendez were both indicted. Mike Lindell got mad in the lawsuit because someone called his pillows lumpy and Lauren Boebert got to second base at a Beetlejuice musical. Did I love this headline on the TV right now. House in chaos after McCarthy ousted as speaker. Nobody bothered to think past the vote yesterday and decide what what, what do we do now? You're going to end up with either Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise as the speaker of the house. It's all we need. It's all this country needs is more Jim Jordan. Can't stand the sight of that guy. A guy I do enjoy, but in small doses. A little too much Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I start to get sick of him too. But as you know, we've talked about this. Yeah, I mean, when the guys who invented AI come along and say, this was not invented to be unregulated. Somebody's got to do something because in five to seven years, AI could destroy civilization. Those their their words, not mine. And so I've pretty much been terrified since... You know, even something like the writers, the Hollywood writers who were on strike, that was one of the main sticking points. They're like, hey, we don't need our jobs being taken away by artificial intelligence. This is no good. So anyhow, Neil deGrasse Tyson is on with Colbert the other night. What are your thoughts on AI? Because I I just can't buy the fear. I'm actually not that afraid of it. Well, so as a scientist, we've been embedded in AI ever since we could possibly use it. We seek it out. And we how, want so, it. How because it makes it? our job easier. How does AI make your job as an astrophysicist? Because I have data that I'm swimming in. I cannot, I don't have the time or the energy to process it, to interpret it. To So you train AI to reduce the data, analyze the data, and find the cool stuff. And I do that while I'm sitting on a couch eating a Twinkie. Well, I, this is what you want. This is, so, and plus, AI is all around us. It's, you know, when you talk to Siri on your iPhone, there's not a human being in that exchange. Siri tells you the fastest way to get to grandma's house through the traffic that just swelled up in the last few moments. That's a form of AI. So AI beat us at chess. AI AI beat us in jeopardy. Okay? No one freaked out and ran for the hills when that happened. It only made headlines when AI figured out how to write your term paper. Oh, then all the liberal arts folks, they pooped their pants, okay? Be- because... 
I'm not going to sit here and let you go after liberal arts. Yes, folks. no, I'm gonna. Yes, I'm gonna. What? Because okay, so so yeah, it writes your term paper, and people said, oh my gosh, AI is bad and dangerous. Let's ban it. If you knew how embedded modern civilization already is in all variants of AI, you wouldn't possibly say that. So what's the answer? I mean, answer it, to what question? The question of what are we going to what are we going to do about the fact that a kid can just go have an AI write the term paper? Oh, so how oh, you know oh, I love that. Learn? I love that. Okay, so maybe, so maybe education involves an oral exam where you actually know whether someone has learned it. Wow, you ask questions and stuff yes, like that. You, wow. Then you probe the mind of the human yes. rather than whatever was summoned at the keyboard. That is a deeper form of knowledge and education anyway, and maybe we should have always been doing it, but we haven't. I'll say this. The guy seems to have an answer for everything. Well, it's amazing to imagine how many people are dead, mostly men, mostly men, dead right now because they wouldn't listen to their bodies. And I don't mean you like you burp or you fart and you listen to it go, honey, honey, you hear that one? It's not what I mean. This is something I know something about because, in fact, it was 13 years ago today. Here's what happened. And I tell you this story not to sound like an old Jewish man on a park bench complaining about his lumbago. I, I'm just telling you what happened to me so that if you have this happen to you, if you're a guy or if you're a woman and you're a significant other, whether it be male, female, doesn't matter, they start experiencing something like this, learn from me. It's one of those rare occasions where I can actually put forth information that could help you. All right. So I'm living in Houston and they send me to the airport to pick up my mother-in-law. And it's just a normal day and it's a normal day at the airport. And I come cruising in. I'm walking to the airport and, I, and I'm just not, I'm not feeling right. That's not unusual. There's lots of days I don't feel right. But this was a little bit different because my hands were sort of sweaty and clammy and I started feeling a little nauseous and a little lightheaded. And my mother-in-law must have figured something was up when I did not offer to drag her suitcase. I made her pull the suitcase herself. And all I'm thinking to myself is just get back to the car. You'll be fine. Just get back to the car. Turn the air conditioning on. You're going to be fine. I get back to the car. It's you know, still no good. Now, my wife is driving the car, you know, doing one of those things where she's circling the airport because I don't think they had cell phone lots back then, 13 years ago. And, uh, you know, so you, you go, you pick up your mother-in-law, you get the suitcases, and you come back out to the front of the airport, and you go, we're here, and then they pick you up and you go. Because those airport police, those Nazis in front of the airport, you know, you kiss your significant other goodbye, and they'll write you a ticket for taking too long. So I go back in the car and I take out the cell phone and just for fun, I look at the little list of things they say happen to you when you're having a heart attack. And at this point, I'm just thinking, I'm going to look at this and I've only got like two of the things, so it's nothing to worry about. Well, I look at it and I've got like six of the 10 things. I say this to my wife. We're not even out of the airport yet. I say this to my wife, and she's sort of like, you know, she worked in the medical field for a long time. Still does. And she's like, all right, what's what's wrong? Sort of like when you wake up on a Saturday morning, like, I don't know, honey, I'm not feeling that well today. I think I should stay in bed. It's like, get out there and wash the windows. It's like I always say, being married to my wife is sort of like buying a couch from a furniture store. No interest for six months. Good morning, everybody. So anyhow, I tell her, she's like, what are your symptoms? And, I go, and when I got to the part about a little pain in my jaw on the left side, 
It's like, pulls the car over, looks at me. And at this point, we're just barely out of the airport and there's a 7-Eleven. And they go running in the 7-Eleven and get aspirin, come running back out, call 911. The meat wagon was there in four minutes. Now they're taking me to the hospital and they ask you 10,000 questions. I almost felt like telling them, Well, I was feeling fine until I felt like I was on jeopardy here. So we get all the way to the hospital and they start running tests and they go, well, everything's normal. Maybe you just had a panic attack. And now you're like really embarrassed. But they say we should run an angiogram on you because, and by the way, when's the last time you had a stress test? And I was like, I I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, all right, all right. You're going to go to the hospital in a couple of days. We'll set all this up. Long story made short, if that's possible at this point, I failed the stress test. The next morning, I'm in the hospital for what is supposed to be an angiogram, you know, where they go in there and they start rooting around. You know, they knock you out. I wake up and they go, you had the widow maker. Like the thing that killed Tim Russert, where you're just standing there and you just drop like a stone. You had 95% blockage in one artery, 90% blockage in the other. We put stents in there. You're going to be fine. No heart damage. So you're fine. And your wife said something about the windows needing to be washed. I'm like, I'll get to that later. So the moral of the story is, if something like this happens to you, react and react quickly and do something about it because as i said when i started this uh, little story here it's amazing to think how many people are dead right now because they're like hey it's nothing well pretty soon you're nothing all of this all of this happening in houston texas on this date 13 years ago today and the surgeons who do this stuff you know they're they're you know it's the old line like this is as serious as a heart attack well it, it almost was but i tried to get a laugh out of the guy anyhow he didn't laugh i said you know you guys are always trying to put your two stents in he didn't laugh i'm a guy who's all for innovation in hollywood lord knows i spend so much time in movie theaters watching movies where it's like god no originality no creativity whatsoever well here's one but they may have taken it too far i don't know a movie called silent night guy's character gets shot in the throat can't speak as he seeks revenge for the death of his son there's no dialogue in the movie basically a silent picture here's an idea Lonnie Anderson, Morgan Fairchild, Linda Gray, Donna Mills, Nicolette Sheridan, all 80s sex symbols jammed together in some Lifetime movie called Ladies of the 80s, A Diva's Christmas. No word on an air date yet. Sometimes I will hear women say, I just don't understand what men want. What do men want? I just don't understand. The answer can be summed up in two words, Catherine and McPhee. Remember the American Idol contestant? White hot. And she ends up marrying David Foster, who's quite a bit older than her, but they have a son. The son likes to play with the iPad. Mom took the iPad away. The kid found it. She hit it. He took it back. She's constantly going back and forth with this kid about the iPad. So she figures, I'll fix his ass. I'll put it somewhere where he won't find it. I'll put it in the oven. You guessed it. She baked her iPad. New movie about... Priscilla Presley called, oddly enough, Priscilla Sophia Coppola directed it. And the trailer is for your approval on the internet right now. They said they weren't going to do another season of Only Murders in the Building, but they are going to return for season four. Made the announcement yesterday. The Beyonce Renaissance Tour. 
has officially grossed $579 million. But before you get too excited about that, think about this. Taxes? Now you're down to about $400 million right there. Probably more like $330, Now you got to pay for all the concert venues. Got to pay all the roadies. Got to pay for all the transportation, all the costuming, all the other musicians and performers who are on stage, all the people who work backstage that you never see, Live Nation or whoever the concert promoter is. Got to take their cut. By the time the whole thing is over, it's almost like that scene in the Three Stooges movie where Mo asks Curly to calculate something and he starts typing. <laughs> he starts typing. Like he's got a calculator on his chest, and then he pulls a little piece of paper out of his mouth and goes, a dollar fifty. Some of my earliest childhood memories go all the way back to this date in 1957. I was only, I don't know, four or five years old, something like that. My dad gets me up in the middle of the night. Come on, we're going outside. Dad, we live in Chicago. It's January. It's 10 degrees. Bundle up. Go out there, sit on the front porch in the middle of the night, and watch Sputnik go over which was really cool, except for the fact that it was the Ruskies who put it up there. It took us a couple of years to catch up. Leave it to Beaver premiered on the state, 1957. Still one of the best shows in the history of television. Janis Joplin joined the 27 Club, along with Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Brian Jones, The Stones, uh, Ron Pigpen McKernan from The Dead, Amy Winehouse. And 37 years ago today, 1986, Dan Rather is minding his own business, walking through the streets of Manhattan, and two guys walk up to him and say, what's the frequency, Kenneth? And then they start beating on him. I love the fact that R.E.M. turned that into a song, and I love the fact, even more than that, that once Dan Rather was on Letterman and performed with R.E.M. on that song. Been in a public bathroom anytime recently? They keep narrowing the width of the toilet paper. Bad enough that you can practically see through it if you hold it up to the light. Now, instead of being like four or five inches across, it's like three and a half inches across. And they're so stupid because they don't understand. All you're going to do is just take more and more and more and more of it so you can wad it up. So they probably think they're saving money. They're saving the business where the restroom is. Hey, we'll sell you the toilet paper. We'll sell you the skinny stuff. See, you'll save money. No, you won't. People will just use more of it because they need to. And outside of that, I'm unaware of any massively important technology improvements in toilet paper. Until I read this story today, Charmin, Charmin, and this took them five years working on a redesign of the toilet paper square so that it's easier to make neat tears along the perforation line. But to do it, they had to make the line wavy, not straight, so it's no longer a square. It's called the Smooth Tear. It's going to debut this month for their Ultra Soft Rolls. It's unclear if they'll also change their other varieties or if the other brands are going to follow suit. And I can tell you the Mr. Whipple story, which is one of my favorites because it was the very first piece I recorded for Channel 5 when I started my television career back in 1985. So they're like, okay, you got the job. You're going to do entertainment stuff. You're going to do feature stuff. What do you want to do? I go, well, Mr. Whipple is in town. And they're like, all right. You know, if you can make it into something, go ahead. It's your ass. No pun intended. So like I said, I could tell you the story here 
Or we could go back into the archives when I told the story on the air one day. You're Mr. Whipple. You can squeeze all the Charmin you want. <laughs> I did a story with him once, too. Man, you are just loaded with okay, Mr. Totally Tyan. boring information. Honest sorry. to God, Mr. Whipple and I hid out in a uh, schnook store in North <laughs> County. No, I'm serious. Do we, don't want, to, do we want to go any further right with this there. one? Just stop and, and, right and there. You guys make fun of me. And you know what he does? He puts on that blue smock and those little glasses, those, mm -hmm. those reading glasses. Yeah. Is he wearing pants? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he had. It was a blue smock. <laughs> Time for that exam, Mr. Whipple. And he gets, <laughs> he gets a. And I put on my rubber gloves. That's right. <laughs> on aisle four, they're so flexible you can pick up a dime. That's Wet right. Clean up. Squeeze. So, and he gets a big shopping cart full of Charmin, and he starts pushing the cart through the grocery store, and he waits for these, you know, somewhat matronly-looking women to say, "You're Mr. Whipple." Damn, and that's what? exactly what he did. And we hid with a camera at the end of the ha uh, at the end of the aisle, right near Mark the end caps. The end caps. And we waited for him to come down. And sure enough, these like you know sixty year old women were like throwing themselves at Mr. Whipple. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. What I a stud. I what swear a party you. animal. The guy. So in other words, you did a story on Mr. Whipple cruising for chicks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much it. And the amazing part is he got more chicks than you did. I Mr. Whipple outscored you. <laughs> I basically. got the spillover. That's right. Hey, mama. <laughs> Whipple's like, wait till I get the produce. They're all over me They're there. They're out of their mind. <laughs> the Smooth Terror will debut this month for their ultra soft rolls. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't uh, mind having that as a nickname. Look, here comes the Smooth Terror. Terror. Today is National Vodka Day. Vodka, by the way, very flammable. Don't light a cigarette near Yakov Smirnoff. Here's <laughs> a good... There's a good contemporary reference, huh? And Dick Van Dyke was spotted enjoying Disneyland. He's 97 years old. Although when he first got in line for Space Mountain, he was 93. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Wednesday, October 4th, 2023 is in the can. We're here every Monday through Thursday at 11 with the podcast absolutely free at jconthelion.com. You might want to let your friends, your family members, your co-workers know that we're doing this every day as well as the radio show every weekday morning on 101.5, 101.7 and streaming at kwolf.com. Have a great day. Talk to you in the morning. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.